Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. In the US this week, a number of congressional hearings will begin into one of the biggest financial collapses in history. But it's not an ordinary financial catastrophe. It's not a bank or investment firm. When thousands of Australians woke up a few weeks ago to find their savings had vanished, it was a crypto exchange at fault. FTX, a business once worth $50 billion, had become worthless within hours. Today, Tori Newmeyer from The Washington Post on the wild west of cryptocurrency and whether investors will keep going back for more. My name is Tori Newmeyer. I'm a business reporter for The Washington Post focused on the crypto industry. Tori, I think it's safe to say the collapse of the cryptocurrency trading platform FTX has had an impact all around the world. But just spell it out for me. If you were an FTX customer, what happened? You simply woke up one morning and you'd lost all your money. That's essentially what happened. Uh, There was a kind of classic run on the bank at this company about a month ago, and there was a crush of redemption requests that piled up at FTX. There were requests by customers to try to withdraw billions of dollars in just a matter of a couple of days. And it turned out that FTX didn't have the money that customers had deposited there. And uh, just in a matter of days, ended up declaring bankruptcy. FTX went from a $32 billion company to bankruptcy in the matter of just four days or so. Stepping down as CEO of FTX as his crypto exchange... I've commenced voluntary proceedings under Chapter 11 of the U.S. Bankruptcy Code. Wiped out. Total wipeout. So it affected millions of people around the world, including here in Australia, my colleague Adam Harvey, who works for 7.30, he spoke to Dave Durham, who's a geologist in Queensland. In 2020, he had sold his house and put all of that money into cryptocurrency and into FTX. That's when I went all in, uh, all in on crypto. And basically, he sort of tells the story that because all these celebrities were endorsing FTX. He thought it was a really safe bet. Seeing the celebrities and the high-profile individuals uh, backing FTX definitely influenced my decision to keep funds on the exchange and just felt like it was too big to fail, basically. That was absolutely the strategy that FTX pursued. What do you think? Are you in? You know what? I'm in. Soccer, and I'm proud to partner with FTX. FTX, I have everything I need to buy, sell, and trade crypto safely. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars on a marketing blitz to try to convince ordinary investors that this was a safe and reliable platform and a trustworthy partner for people who are looking to get into what looked until, a, you know, just a few months ago, like this kind of unstoppable juggernaut of crypto. It was a way to get rich quick. And they paid dearly for endorsement deals with super popular international celebrities from Steph Curry to Tom Brady and Giselle 
There was a Super Bowl ad that aired in the United States and around the world featuring the comedian Larry David. And the message of that Super Bowl ad was really, you don't need to understand a lot about crypto to get in on it. You're going to get rich. And that's really the only thing you need to know. I want you to tell me a bit more about FTX, how it came about, and the man behind it, because it's an intriguing story. Yeah, so it was, this this exchange is really only a few years old, and it was launched by this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, who's only 30 years old now. He was raised in the Bay Area in California by a couple of parents who were uh, Stanford Law School professors, very distinguished came from a very you know, intense intellectual background, ended up going to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology for college where he studied math and physics, and then decided that he wanted to go make as much money as he could, as quickly as he could, with, he said, the stated goal of giving it away. Uh, he wanted to give away all the money that he made, he said, mm. uh, to do as much good in the world as he possibly could. The fact is that you can impact way more people through, you know, your philanthropy, through um, how you get back than, you know, you do in your everyday so life. So he went to a Wall Street trading firm called Jane Street. And while he was there, the crypto industry really took off. And he noticed that in its infancy, there were price differentials in Bitcoin, the most popular cryptocurrency token, that if you had the people in place to be able to exploit this, you could buy Bitcoin in one country at one price and then sell it in other countries for a higher price. Mm. And it was really a sure bet. And so he assembled the team necessary to do this and managed to make millions of dollars very, very quickly. And then in 2019, started FTX, which is a trading platform really geared toward ordinary mom and pop investors so that they could trade in their traditional currency, their fiat currency for crypto and start trading in cryptocurrencies. And now it's all come crashing down. He was using the money in ways that investors had no idea about. Just give me a little bit more detail on the crash and how that was caused and what he was doing behind the scenes. So they were representing to their customers up until really the the last moment when this entire thing came crashing down that their deposits were safe. And he said, you're... Deposits on the platform are backed one-to-one. They are parked there, and it is very clearly spelled out in our terms of service that we are not doing anything funny with your deposits. We are keeping them for you. And it turns out that was very much not the case. And in fact, this affiliated hedge fund that he had started in 2017 was taking customer money and making very risky bets with it and bad bets, as it turns out, that cost the hedge fund billions of dollars. Mm. And the customer deposits that uh, the hedge fund borrowed from the trading platform to make these bets essentially vaporized. So customers got this very rude awakening that essentially the trading platform committed what looks to be sort of classic fraud. You know, it's it's not clear exactly what's going to play out in the bankruptcy process here, but it's going to be a struggle for people, I think, to even get 
pennies on the dollar back. Mm, so if it is fraud, is there charges that could be laid? Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, there are investigations unfolding in multiple jurisdictions in parallel right now where mm. there are federal prosecutors in Manhattan who are looking into this alongside investigators at the Justice Department and the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Commodity Future Trading Commission in, in Washington, which is another market regulator. There are state securities regulators uh, in the United States who are looking at this and then investigators from around the world because, as you've noted, the company was really international. And at the same time, there's a bankruptcy process playing out. So all of this stuff is going to take a while, essentially, to get some answers. And I think the prosecution, if there is one, uh, for executives to hold some of the people responsible for this accountable uh, is going to come later. But uh, it is certainly a real, a real risk for Sam Bankman-Fried as this unravels. so many questions about crypto, about the future of it, and whether it can be trusted again. Sam Bankman-Fried joins us right now, live from the Bahamas. Mm, Tori, what has Sam Bankman-Fried had to say for himself? I know he was interviewed by the New York Times Deal Book newsletter. What did he tell them? Well, he's been talking a lot, not just to Deal Book, but seemingly to anybody who shows up with uh, a recorder at his front door in the Bahamas where he is holed up. Mm. He is saying that he is talking against the advice of his lawyers, which is probably true. But he seems to be pursuing this strategy of spinning a narrative about who he is and what his role was here. I didn't knowingly commingle funds. I didn't know exactly what was going on. A lot of these are things I've learned over the last month that I learned as I was sort of frantically digging into this, uh, obviously that that's a pretty big mistake on Mark. That's a pretty big oversight. That He is now pleading that essentially he was in over his head and he was, uh, you know, just essentially a confused kid who stopped paying attention and got overwhelmed and was paying inadequate attention to the various risks and accounting uh, needs of this company and while he feels terribly about it, it's really essentially not his fault. You know, I wasn't thinking about it, I wasn't talking about what are the risks involved with FTX. I obviously wish that I'd spent more time dwelling on the downsides and less time thinking about the upsides. It's been such a huge financial catastrophe that even a US House and Senate committee hearing will be held this week into the collapse of FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried has said he'll face at least one of those committees, the House Committee. What will they be considering? So we're reporting on this right now. He has said that he needs to do his own fact-finding to provide the committee with the kind of answers that they're looking for, and he's not sure he's going to have those answers in time. The chairwoman of the committee, Maxine Waters, has said, Really, it's you know essentially not up to you, uh, but the committee is going to be doing its work uh, using its investigative authority to try to understand exactly what's behind this collapse, really with an eye towards ultimately, I think, crafting some legislation that would start to impose federal rules for this industry, which lacks them so far. There really isn't a federal regulatory regime for the crypto industry. Mm. And in the meantime, we've seen a cascade of these platforms collapse. And 
you know, everyday retail investors end up holding the bag. Uh, there's been a lot of damage done. So the urgency for policymakers in Washington to try to get some rules in place for this real Wild West industry mm. uh, has only grown as uh, we've seen the damage pile up. Tori, what does it say about cryptocurrency and the future of cryptocurrency? Because to me, looking at this story, it feels like you sort of really shouldn't be investing in that space. Can it survive this sort of volatility? This collapse is really the worst disaster that has befallen an industry that has seen no shortage of them in its short history. And the damage that that does well beyond the customers who have suffered losses here, but really for the public reputation of the industry that was trying to present itself to the investing public as a great opportunity to build wealth. I think the trust, that trust is, you know, to a large degree squandered, and it's going to be very difficult for the industry to rebuild that. Tori Newmeyer covers financial services and economic policy for The Washington Post. Sam Bankman-Fried took to Twitter last week to announce he'll be appearing before the House Committee on Financial Services to give evidence. It's unclear if he'll appear in person before the second Senate Committee as well. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer this week is Sydney Peed. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. Thanks for listening.